Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The podcast is now in session. You talk, I finish. That's the rule. So may we have this dance? It was your masterpiece performance. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, November 1st. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Donald Glover had a Halloween treat for Atlanta fans, and the news was both good and appropriately ominous for the day. Glover dropped a surprise teaser for the hit series' third season on Sunday night with a reminder that the show will return next year. The video featured voices repeatedly chanting, It's after the end of the world, don't you know that yet? Over a variety of lush but desolate scenes. It eventually cuts to Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy on the series, sitting alone at a table, staring into the camera as two uniformed servers face the wall with their backs to the room. The music ends with a screech of violins as 2022 appears on the screen. Glover and his co-stars Lakeith Stanfield and Zazie Beetz don't appear in the teaser, which you can check out at EW.com. Sci-fi epic Dune topped the box office for the second week in a row with a weekend gross of $15.53 million, bringing its two-week North American total to $69.4 million. Halloween Kills held steady in second place with $8.5 million, while Daniel Craig's final Bond outing No Time to Die landed in the number three spot with $7.8 million. Rounding out the top five was Funimation's My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission, which opened with $6.4 million. In fifth place, Venom Let There Be Carnage showed its staying power with $5.75 million. Reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Now, we're here for our number three pick. It's We're Here. HBO's Drag Makeover series heads to Selma, Alabama this week, where the queer community remains hidden despite the city's historical significance to the civil rights movement. There, Bob, Eureka, and Shangela will help the recently transitioned Aquila find the confidence to live beyond closed doors, release Joseph's deep-seated pain, and encourage Deborah to prioritize herself for a change. They'll also meet with some of the civil rights movement's foot soldiers who marched on the Edmund Pettus Bridge on Bloody Sunday in March 1965. This is one of the show's most powerful moments yet, and we should warn you, one of its most potentially upsetting. Here's a clip from the episode. A lot of people have watched the movies about what's happened here, read the books about what's happened here, the speeches, and I'm definitely interested in hearing your experience about what it means to be a child of Selma. And we like to know about the city and the history of the cities that we go into so that we are learning. I received 35 stitches on that bridge that day. This sheriff's deputy hit me 
After this man had hit me and pushed me, I was able to get up and run into a cloud of tear gas. I actually fell. This state trooper kicked me, and he kicked me so hard, I came up off the ground. And then another sheriff's deputy hit me, and I guess that's when I passed out. I saw all that hatred that killed all those people, and that's gonna continue to kill people. Ahmaud Aubrey, Eric Garner. George Floyd, Brandon George Floyd, I mean, I cry now all the time just telling the story, but y'all don't know what a release it is when it's coming out. Well, you can hear more of that story on We're Here tonight at 9 on HBO. Last week, we told you about the new Army of the Dead prequel, Army of Thieves. You can check that movie out on Netflix if you haven't already. But if you have and just need a new recommendation, here are director star Matthias Schweikufer and producer Zack Snyder to answer the question, what you watching? I've been watching recently uh, Nomadland. I saw that film and uh, I loved it and... uh, Yesterday, I started to watch a show called Infiltration. I don't know if, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I watched uh, the last days. And American football, sorry. You know, a, a lot of, I have an NFL Game Pass. I love it. Thanks, NFL, for the Game Pass. So I just finished Squid Game, which I thought was awesome. And uh, I was, uh, you should see Dune. It's awesome. If get a chance in the theater or, you know, wherever. But you should see it. It's amazing. So, uh, yeah, like that. All really good stuff there. Unfortunately, it seems Infiltration is currently unavailable to stream in the U.S., but you can find Nomadland on Hulu, Dune in theaters and on HBO Max, and Squid Game on Netflix, in case you haven't heard. Number two. Don't stop us now, because it's time for our number two pick, Dancing with the Stars. Tonight is Queen Night on the dancing competition, with the nine remaining couples performing to songs by Freddie Mercury and Company. This week also brings an extra twist with the relay dances. After their solo numbers, the couples will be split into three groups and compete in a dance relay for bonus points from the judges, before another two bite the dust, as it were. These eliminations are getting tougher every week. Last time, not one, but two couples scored perfect tens from all four judges, with Jojo Siwa and her partner Jenna Johnson earning a 40 for the second week in a row. Iman Shumpert and Daniela Karagach were the other couple to receive a perfect score. Here's a bit of the judges' commentary on their performance, which was inspired by Jordan Peele's Us. another world. Uh, My mind was blown. It was sheer perfection. The way you guys matched and danced as one amoeba, it was like, yes! 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 She's taking it to the sea! Lynn, what do you think? Daniela, you came up with the most brilliant concept. You produced a dance that made Iman look fantastic. It was tight. It was together. It was terrific. You know, I think they might have liked that performance. 
We'll see if Schumpert can repeat it tonight. Dancing with the Stars will rock you starting at 8 p.m. on ABC. It's trivia time. Today, a question about Queen. How many times has the band's signature song, Bohemian Rhapsody, hit the top 40 on the Billboard chart? Two, three, or five? Stick around for the answer and today's number one pick. What to watch? We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, The Wizard of Oz was first broadcast on television 65 years ago this week on November 3rd, 1956, becoming the first feature film ever to be shown uncut on TV. The CBS broadcast was hosted by Burt Lahr, who played the cowardly lion in the film, and a 10-year-old Liza Minnelli, the daughter of Lars co-star Judy Garland. After that telecast, The Wizard of Oz became an annual television event in the U.S., airing on network TV almost every year between 1959 and 1991. These broadcasts helped the film become the beloved classic it is today, as it had only been a modest hit during its theatrical release. According to the Library of Congress, The Wizard of Oz is now the most seen film in movie history, and it's still a pop culture fixture. As EW's Owen Gleiberman wrote in his review of a 1998 re-release, quote, The Wizard of Oz remains the weirdest, scariest, kookiest, most haunting, and indelible kid flick that's really for adults ever made in Hollywood. And now, all rise for our honorable number one pick, Judy Justice. Judge Judy is back for a new but familiar show, bringing her signature blend of wit, candor, and honesty to streaming television. As on her long-running broadcast show, she'll preside over real cases, arbitrate binding decisions, and deliver her patented brand of Judy Justice. The show features some new courtroom companions for her honor, more on that in a minute, but fans can rest assured they're still getting the Judge Judy they know and love. Here's a preview. We are upping the game. I don't care what you believe. I am who I am. Sometimes PC, sometimes not. Don't speak, but consistent. She has a gift to get the truth out of you real fast. You want me to believe that? You want this face to believe that? Rules are important. I am going to be here to tell that to the next generation. Two of you have parents? Yes. Do you think they watch me? They watch you. Of course they do. So you don't want to embarrass yourself, right? <laughs> I really felt a good energy with all of us. This show is the judge on steroids. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh is not an answer. See, what did we tell you? Of course, there are some nuances to break down here. So taking the stand to help adjudicate this new show is EWTV critic Kristen Baldwin. Hey, Kristen, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? Very well, thanks. Uh, It's been a while since we had you on here, but I could not be more excited to talk to you specifically about this show because it's one of those shows that we've had those, you know, Slack conversations, (laughs) but we got to bring it to the podcast. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was live blogging my my (laughs) reactions to this show uh, in Slack, so I appreciate you bringing me on to talk in person about it. Of course. It was very entertaining. So here's the thing. Judge Judy started in 1996. That show was on for 25 years, wrapped up earlier this year. Of course, it was huge, very lucrative, especially Mm -hmm. for Judge Judy. She was reportedly earning $47 million a year in, uh, you know, like those final years of the show, which is just wild. But that aside... This new show, you know, it doesn't really seem to be like turning the judge show on its head. So how is Judy Justice in comparison to Judge Judy? Well, okay, you know, a few things are different. You know, there's a new set. Judy has her new hairdo, which she's had for a while, but it's still a little disconcerting. You know, it's the ponytail. People were very kind of shocked when she changed her hairstyle. Her robe is now burgundy colored Uh and it doesn't have a lace collar, which is again, you know, big change. And she has new sidekicks. Uh, She's got uh, her granddaughter, Sarah Rose, who is a quote unquote legal analyst who sits beside her uh, on the bench. And then she's also got um, a court stenographer named Wendy who sits on the other side and takes the notes. And, you know, they occasionally refer back to the testimony. And she's, of course, got a new bailiff, Kevin Rasco. But essentially, the show is pretty much the same. You know, people come in, they've got grievances. They can be anything from, I paid for my boyfriend's dental work and now he owes me money. Or, you know, I got into a scuffle at the car wash and now... Uh, I lost my job and I'm suing for damages, that kind of thing. Mm. And then Judy adjudicates. You know, that's what she does. Yeah. There's not a lot of difference. I will say Sarah Rose, her granddaughter, like basically doesn't speak until the end of the episodes where she and Mm. Judy sit in chambers and discuss the case. Mm. But you know what? Look, if she was probably like, hey, if you want me, Amazon slash IMDb TV, then you're going to have to give my granddaughter a job, too. (laughs) Yeah, well, in my mind, I'm chalking it up to maybe this is like an internship for her. She's getting college credit for it or something. I I don't actually know how old she is. She might be out of college. but Well, she's a law clerk, apparently, in real life. So So there you go. Great experience. Sure, why not? Yeah. And to your point, not much has changed. I mean, you know, we have to rely on the old adage here. I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Correct. Correct. And I mean, yeah. you know, Judy is, she's still very impatient. You know, she still does not want to hear. That's what I love about her. Yeah, she does. If you if she asks you a yes or no question and you answer with more than one word, she's not having it. Yes, but is not yeah. acceptable. Nope, nope. Stop Correct. it. Yes. She will not. She will not. And, you know, she follows the law. She always has, you know, and it's entertaining. I enjoyed the episodes. They sent four episodes. You know, certainly what you like out of Judge Judy. I know people were bummed that her bailiff, Officer Bird, who had kind of become a character as well, you know, with his facial expressions and his reactions, um, you know, he's not there for whatever reason. And, you know, so far, none of the supporting players have really had that much to do, but they don't Mm -hmm. distract 
from, you know, the Judy of it all. Yeah, yeah. And we, by the way, do have an interview with the former bailiff on EW.com if you folks want to check that out. Okay, so Kristen, Judy Scheinlin is 79 years old, just turned 79 Mm -hmm. last week. To what do you attribute her longevity in this TV landscape and, and what people love about her so much? I mean, I do think that people always love it when an older woman is stern and funny at the same time. Like, I do think her persona (laughs) of sort of no-nonsense grandma, who is not mean for mean's sake, she's no-nonsense, she's a disciplinarian, she doesn't want to take your crap, but you can tell she also really cares about people. She for sure, Mm -hmm. you know, wants justice to prevail. So I think people have always responded to that because, you know, who, who it's like your favorite teacher or, you know, yeah. uh, the grandma who, you know, never took any crap from you. People like that. People like boundaries from elders who uh, are charismatic like that. And I think she's always known, like you said, she's known what's worked for her and she's never mm-hmm. really fiddled with it. And she isn't really fiddling with it here other than, you know, to change a few things that are cosmetic. So I would imagine if I do believe you can still watch the original Judge Judy and in, you know, some syndication here and mm-hmm. there, but it'll be interesting to see if people check this out on a streaming service. It's free. You don't have to pay for yeah. it. And so yeah. you can watch it even if you don't have Amazon Prime. It'll just be interesting to see if people are going to make the extra effort of going right. to a streamer to seek it out rather than just flipping on the TV at the same time every day to get mm-hmm. your Judy fix. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure Amazon and IMDb TV are certainly hoping people tune in because, you know, they're paying well mm-hmm. to get uh, Judy there. All right. Well, uh, if you folks want to check out Judy Justice, you can do so on, as we've said, IMDb. TV, which is a subsidiary of Amazon, and uh, it is absolutely free. Of course, there are ads. You got to sit through those. Kristen, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Trivia. And lastly today, the answer to our trivia question. How many times has Bohemian Rhapsody hit the top 40 on the Billboard chart? Two, three, or five? Anyway, the wind blows. The answer is still Three. The song reached number nine when it was first released in 1975. It hit number two in 1992 after being used in Wayne's World and entered the top 40 again in 2018 after the release of the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall.